I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 21. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. I'd like to introduce someone from history that has impacted my life and the lives of so many. She was born December 2nd, 1848 in Aberdeen, and she was raised in a rather difficult situation. Her father was a drunkard, her mother was a godly, refined woman, and eventually uh, this young lady named Mary moved to Dundee, Scotland at the age of 11, where she began working as a weaver in the mills of Scotland. From the time that she was a little girl, her mother cast a vision for the poor little children in Calabar in Africa. And all of her life, Mary Slesser determined that that was her place of ministry and that was where she was going to head. She had curly red hair and burning blue eyes, and she was an imp. She was always up to pranks, uh, but she had a very hard life. Her father would uh, be very abusive. He would come home very, very drunk. Their family would practically starve to death because he would drink all of his wages. And then the little bit of food that they would scrape together to save for him, he would come home and throw it out. And her mother was a very godly woman and had a passion for missions and um, a love for the people of Africa. She gave birth to seven children, uh, many of whom tragically died before they reached um, full age. One of the nicest things that Mary's father ever did was died young. And so they were set free from the burden and the prison, really, of being under his influence. Uh, after his death, they would have to pawn things most evenings so that they could buy dinner. Their house was spotlessly clean, and their mother read to them. They were poor, but they were rich in the treasures of God. Three children died when they were quite young, and Mary's mother had to go to work uh, weaving as well, uh, as well as Mary did when she was age 11. But she began to read books while she wove, and she read all the great books of English history. She loved to read and loved to learn, and she knew that she had to prepare herself for the mission field. Their home burned and it was just a really, really horrible situation that they were in. But they began church work. They began working, she and her mother, in the slums. And Mary was so determined to bring these young teenage boys and girls into the kingdom of God that she would really be willing to do anything, really lay her life down for them. One time a young bully was kind of whirling a big metal weight up in, in the air, you know, whipping it around. And he, he challenged her that if she didn't flinch, he would go to church. 
And he whirled it and whirled it closer and closer and closer to her head. And when he was just inches from her brain, he stopped and he said, wow, you didn't flinch. I'll go to church with you. And there are many stories of that because Mary Slusser was just, she was fearless. Another boy threatened to whip her and she said she was willing to do that if he would go to church and she threw, he threw down the whip and he followed her into church. Then two more of her brothers died, but she kept reading missionary books and she would go to hear missionaries speak there in Scotland. And then on August, when she was 26 years old in 1874, the Lord gave her a vision in her soul. And the vision was, why don't I become a missionary? She always thought her brothers were going to be missionaries. But as they all died, she realized, well, why can't I carry the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth? And it was the same time as David Livingston was dying, who was also, of course, Scottish. And she asked her mother, are you willing for me to go? And her mother said, gladly, gladly I am. I have never held you back from the Lord's work. So she began to go to school and pursue a missionary life. And while she was being trained for the mission field, she was told that Calabar was the white man's grave. And she said, well, then it will be a post of honor. And few were willing to go there. So all the more reason why my master needs me there. As she was finally sailing, her dream was being fulfilled she said she looked around the ship that she was on and she said well this is what's wrong with africa there are scores of casks of liquor but only one missionary on this boat she sailed from liverpool august 5th 1876 after 14 years of working on the looms of scotland and she believed that truth must be taught and truth must be lived she also was known to say that Jesus was never in a hurry, and neither should we be. When she got to Africa, she was exposed to horrible weather, drenching rains, tornadoes, fatiguing marches to outlying places, and she never gave up. She would just always press on to the next place as soon as she'd get a place a little bit settled and situated um, with the people coming to Christ build a church build a school immediately she was pressing on pressing on to the next frontier she was dealing with repulsive gods and superstition and all sorts of heathenism and sexual perversion drinking violence all sorts of abuse of slave trading and, and horrible, horrible slave punishments that, that she was observing. And then the Lord even brought her to begin living with cannibals and people that were practicing the most violent deeds. And she became aware of a practice there in Africa of twin murder. The Africans at that time believed that if a woman gave birth to twins, that the, one of the twins' father was a demon. And so they would murder both twins, and then they would 
either murder the mother or send her out to be eaten by wild animals or starved to death. And Mary determined, I am going to put an end to this practice. She made friends with a king there in Africa named King Eo Honesty VII. And he was actually a pen pal of her mother's. Back in Scotland, her mother had been writing to this Christian king there in Africa. And she made some other friends, of course, with people in Africa that helped her tremendously, but the king helped her more than anyone. And she had a passion to go to this village area, this region called Okayong, where the gospel had never been heard and where Christ's heralds had never set foot. And she believed that she was going to go there and battle against sin, superstition, and spiritual degradation. And through a series of events, she was actually able to go there. She lived as a native so she could send her money home. She only ate the simplest native foods. She didn't practice any of the practices that the British or Scottish missionaries in Africa did. She lived completely as a native would. She was called the White Ma. That is a, a to call someone Ma in Africa is a term of honor and respect. And she was called the white ma who tells of Jesus, the savior of blacks and whites alike. She began to get a lot of victory over twin murder. And finally, she took a set of twins home to live with her and for her to raise. She was always rescuing children, constantly rocking a baby, People who would go to visit her in the bush would say that they'd see this lovely lady sitting on a rocking chair, always with a baby in her arms and then other little bairns, as she called them, at her feet. And she took two of the twins home and the village waited for her to be struck or, you know, some horrible thing to to happen to her. But when nothing did, she began to make headway. And bit by bit, uh, she began to break the pattern. It was not easy. One day, a man came to her settlement where she was living and brought her little baby girl and said, "Um, I found this twin. The other one is dead. And she took the little twin and she named her Janie after her sister who had died in Scotland. And Janie was one of the great joys of her life and she raised her as her own daughter. Mary Slessor was known for her hard work and her constant cheerfulness, and the way that she built friendships and confidence with the people there in Africa. The chiefs eventually made a law against twin murder and human sacrifice, and they had a great celebration, and the mothers of twins sat on the podium, and it was a day of just rejoicing. No one could believe that this curse had been broken off of the African people. Mary lived with constant illness. She would sleep outdoors with rags to cover her when she would be coming back from sharing the gospel in these outlying places. She lived through constant bouts of fever, malaria, tornadoes. She was so often ill but then she would like rise like a phoenix from the ashes. And then you'd hear her 
building her own house, mixing her own cement, walking miles in torrential rains and fording streams and fighting snakes and alligators. She was always looking for how to help the sick and the dying. Occasionally she would become so completely wiped out physically that they would send her back to Scotland and she would fight it. And when she'd go back, she would recuperate quickly and then she would begin to what they call deputate through Scotland, sharing the story and the needs, begging people for workers to be sent to Calabar. Each time she would go to Scotland, she'd come back even more convicted in her resolve to reach unreached people that have never heard the gospel. Her mother died and her mother's death was one of the darkest days of Mary Slessor's life. Her mother was such an inspiration and such a prayer warrior, such a godly woman. But she just used that as an opportunity to throw herself at the feet of the Lord and get another fresh vision to go forward to another unreached area, unreached people. She eventually was cleared to go upriver to Okeyung where there was witchcraft and sorcery. People would be boiled in oil, uh, slavery. No one had stayed there who had tried, but Mary did. She only ate rice and sauce so she could feed all the children that the Lord brought to her. And she wrote home to Scotland and she said, please pray in a business-like fashion, earnestly, definitely, statedly. She believed that her whole life was based on the power of people back in Europe praying for her. In 1886, the mission board finally gave her permission to go to a very, very remote area. And King Eo Honesty VII sent his royal canoe to bring her to her destination. They fought alligators and snakes, but she was willing to lay down her life. The people in Africa began to hear about her and ask her to come. They said, we're thirsty for book and for loving God. And they said to her, if you do not care for us, who will care for us? She used to quote David Livingston, anywhere, provided it be forward. And so she began working with cannibals and winning them for the kingdom of God. She was fearless, but people said of her, she is truly feminine. She has a heart full of motherly affection. She loved the cannibals and she approached them as equals. She told them of Jesus's death and then she later opened schools and churches for the natives. She also built a home for women and girls because the women were so abused and not valued in the culture and she herself planted fruit trees and raised cattle and cocoa and rubber plants because she wanted them to be self-supporting. And the African people would send her notes and, and messages. Please come, please come. We want to become God men. She became so ill that the doctor at the hospital that was named in her honor, the Mary Slessor Hospital, insisted that she go away for rest. And she went to the Canary Islands 
And she came back more convicted than ever that God answers prayer. Soon after, she received notification that the King of England had awarded her with the silver cross. And when it happened, she said, who am I that this should happen to me? And she told no one, but the word got out and the nation of Africa celebrated her and rejoiced with her. And she said, oh, I can't wait for this all to be over so I can get back to my work and get away from all this blarney, as she said. One, one uh, chief said to her, well, please come and send uh, teachers and build schools, but we don't want any of that God stuff. And she said, sorry, you can't have one without the other. And so he accepted the gospel coming to his um, community. On Sunday, January 10th, 1915, after Europe had tragically entered World War I, Mary conducted services that day and then became unconscious later. She died two days later, and her last words were, Oh God, release me. She was called everybody's mother, the white ma whom Christ had made the conqueror of cannibals. 39 years of her 66 had been spent sharing the love of Christ in Africa. I want to read you uh, the closing of a book. I've read several books on her. This book is called Mary Slessor, Heroine of Calabar, and it's written by Basil Miller. The story of the slim Scottish girl who dreamed of being a missionary to Africa. And he says this at the end of the story of her life. She loved the Bible and studied it earnestly. Christ's glorious command inspired her, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Her cry had ever been, onward, I dare not look back. Here is the secret of her success. This is what she said. Prayer is the greatest power God has put into our hands for service. Prayer, praying is harder work than doing. But the dynamic lies that way to advance the kingdom. Pray that the power of God may rest upon me, that he may never be disappointed or find me disobedient to the heavenly vision when he shows the way. Pray that I will make no false moves, but that the Spirit will say, go here and go there. She said, the only way I can explain what I've accomplished is on the ground that I have been prayed for more than most. Pray on. Power lies that way. She said, when I am out in the bush, I have no other one to speak to. And so I just talk to him. I want to read you some descriptions of some things that she experienced. She says, as I lay on a few dirty sticks laid across and across and covered with a little dirty corn shell, she wrote, with plenty of rats and insects, 
Three women and an infant three weeks old alongside, moreover a dozen goats and sheep and cows and countless dogs outside. You don't wonder that I slept little, but I had a comfortable, quiet night in my own heart. When she got up to a village, she gathered the people for worship and they sat around her as she told of God's marvelous, gracious love for them and of his glorious son who died that they might be saved. She described the happiness Jesus would bring to their village by changing their lives when they came to him. She talks about the inward calm that God gave her, quietness and peace wherever she might be. She was not affected by her surroundings, for she was happy in the knowledge that she had at last reached the land of her desire, and Jesus was with her. Mary Slessor, she came to be known Mary Slessor of Calabar. She was actually honored by that as being part of her name and her title, that she was so um, enmeshed in the love of the people of Africa that she was buried there with her people. Thanks for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.